<laughs> After Silva scored the winner versus West Ham, Pep got real specific. He said it's something, something uncomfortable he felt in the last minutes. Before the goal, he felt something. I'll tell you what, it's well known. You do not want an injury. To something? To something. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Shusko. Gentlemen. Yeah, man. Welcome. Welcome to the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. I think we just said that, didn't we? I like it when Brian does it. For the next 75 to 90 minutes, <laughs> let the soothing sounds of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast <laughs> invade your ear holes like a Q-tip that's uncomfortably too far in. He's award-winning fantasy soccer yeah. FC yeah. podcast. Yeah, he, he, Brian's definitely getting that. He's doing that. No, more. I'm not. Yes, you are. Scott, tell me about what you just said. Award-winning fantasy soccer FC podcast. Yeah, that's interesting. No, our, our website just got uh, added into top 40 uh, Blog and fantasy website. soccer blogs. Yeah, By who? By, By who? Feedspot. Thank you. Feedspot for recognizing us they yeah, do regular really top nice. 40 feed feed spot right f-e-e-d s-p-o-t yeah it's if you look at their website they've got top 40 awards for just about every topic and for fantasy soccer blogs they included us and it yeah was very sure nice. very exciting it's always nice to be recognized for your work absolutely right absolutely right so, so we've posted about that at our website fantasy soccer fc.com but uh now we need to do some normal podcasting which means we're going to go over the 10 matches for game week number 15 this past weekend in the Premier League, discuss all the fantasy implications. And gentlemen, we have a special show planned tonight. Boy, is it ever special. Oh, it's so special. Brian is super excited about something that has to do with David Silva, which we're going to get to. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah I, know. I, I cannot be more puzzled uh, about that. And then we have a how to say that's apparently so good he couldn't do it last week. It took two weeks to prepare for it, so we've got a how to say tonight. No, no that one I'm not so keen on talking about. But, oh. but yeah, let's, only be probably right. because it, it's Dutch, and we know how much you love, love Dutch names. Love yes, Dutch. it is. Just and if you want a little teaser, just think Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Because oh. for the last two weeks until this past weekend, he was the one wearing the Phantom of the Opera oh, mask while he was okay. playing. Okay, I see where the you're The protective going with this. headgear. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, and then we have a special game. That's going to be played tonight in two parts. Yeah. We're going to go into the bargain bin for reels tonight. Love love the bargain bin. We're going to go through the top 10 defenders in the bargain bin. Evaluate points per pound who are 4.7 pounds or lower. Oh, great. And then we're going to do the top 10 midfielders who are seven pounds or lower. When you look at points per pound. This is fascinating. If someone was out feed spot, if you're out there and you're ranking podcasts who give the most appropriate and valuable information on a weekly basis, there's no doubt that the bargain bin will be the most valuable oh, yeah. fantasy soccer slash football information that you will get the rest of the week. I don't appreciate you forcing their hand. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's just a it's a nice suggestion. Oh, yeah, okay, sure. Fine. sure. Uh, yeah, there's going to be some names that are going to surprise you. I know I was surprised. So we'll get to that here throughout our show as well. Let's do what we do. Yeah, let's get on to the matches. On to the matches. Arsenal 1, Manchester United 3, Lacazette 
scores for the Gunners, but for United, Valencia, and Jesse Lingard with the brace. United get the three points on the road. And that's and your that's Arsenal it. moment. <laughs> was this was this the greatest soccer match ever played it, in it, the history of of matches? It, Dave, it was this season. Yeah, and it's just painful when you're on the the losing end of it, especially when you win every category, every statistical category. You win, Except. with the exception of two. One of them is red cards. And the other <laughs> is clearances. Well, I thought you were going to say goals. And Okay, that's a really important one. <laughs> You're right. In my face, three categories. Many of the stats that are important pale in comparison to number of goals scored. <laughs> the, a couple things that, that is probably most telling, because uh, you can look at possession, but obviously that doesn't tell the whole story. But 67 clearances... United, 10 clearances for Arsenal. That is fascinating. 67 clearances. And it's also fascinating that De Gea set or tied the Premier League record in saves with 14. I was surprised that there was any debate at post-match, uh, at least on the NBC broadcast, about who man of the match was. I know, yeah, I know. I, I know. They wanted to say this was it was Jesse Lingard. You know, obviously he made the difference. In, he did in goals. Yeah, but I feel like when it was the David de Gea show here, uh, it's hard for me not to say that he. Yeah, I, I mean it was it was um it, it the man gave up amazing. a goal and still earned eight eight fantasy points. I know Arsenal had thirty three shots, and fifty percent of them were on target. Yeah. And I think I want to I want to just kind of hit all the highlights here. So David De Gea, obviously the clear cut number one goalkeeper, not just in fantasy, not just in England, possibly yeah, in the, the world, world. possibly yeah. the world. I mean, newer. Some some would argue newer. Right. What Neuer? Oh yeah, Neuer. Yeah, yeah, Neuer. Yeah, yeah, Neuer. Yeah. Neuer. That's all right. You know how to say. We don't do how to say is on German um, guys. Yes, so you're yeah. fine. Fair. Okay. I mean, you guys looked at me like I was completely psychotic. I know I'd mispronounced it wrong. I'm sorry. That's Jeez. all right. That's all right. Um, now let's look at the guys who were shooting a lot of those shots at De Gea. You you've referenced in the past, Dave. You know this front line of AOL. That's right. Alexis Urzel and Lacazette mm -hmm. out there again this match, looking good. The L in AOL puts in the goal. Yeah. Uh, you know, what are we to make? You know, is Lacazette legit? I mean, you got to say, yeah, right? Are you ready I to mean, buy? I mean, what, legit is in real life or legit no, fantasy. as in fantasy? Dave, what would it take for you to as an Arsenal fan to make one of your three strikers that you own in fantasy Premier League, Alexander Lacazette? What would e it take for you to excellent, do uh, Excellent question. The answer to that is, would be a fair price. And <clears throat> so, in other words, Lacazette's up against Murata right now. Mm. And you like Murata better. Yeah. And I don't want two of them. I, I like Murata better, um, mainly because he's better on the road. And Lacazette uh, is good, but he tends to really be good in London. But what's about, at, what, at what is it about that? I mean, he's not, it's not like he's been playing I don't in know. for years. I, it might just be chance. It's like when Alden from two years ago, when he had like nine goals and every single one of them were at home for Newcastle. Yeah, that's true. So I, I think it's just one of those weird things. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe he misses 
his mummy when he when he's out on the road or something. I I don't know. But Dave, would is you his ha- mummy in London? <laughs> I, I I have no idea. And they, she's not British. Part, she's probably in France. And Hard she, hitting and analysis she's here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey yes. Dave, would you rather have Lacazette or Jesus? For a tenth more to have Jesus. Uh Lacazette. Because You I've, really would. Yeah. It, it, and this is the only reason why. Jesus didn't start this week. He didn't need to. It's true. I know. For me, I'd rather have guys that are reliable starters. I don't mean to raise my voice at you, but uh, you sound crazy. It's true because for City, we've said it's not the starting eleven; it's all fourteen. I, I know, and that's and that's fair. Although Lacazette's not terrible, he he's not coming out of the starting lineup, right? Not often. No, no. As long as he's healthy, he's not coming out of the starting lineup. I mean, here's the thing: I, I guess I just feel like he's more consistent. I don't think he's been. Con- I mean, Jesus, Lacazette has eight goals in the season. Jesus also has eight goals in the season. I feel like Z- Jesus probably has a few more assists. Jesus has four, and Lacazette has one. So, I it just seems like uh, Lacazette is a a more reliable start because sometimes Jesus is gonna come in in an 80th minute, and yeah, sometimes he he's able to get an assist and a goal in there. Jesus in his last seven games has scored eight eight or more points only once. So it's one one five four five and three in his last six out of seven games, and he had one eight. Lacazette's last seven games: six two four six five five six. So it seemed that much different. No, they're about the same. I just feel like, and here's the other thing too: Arsenal seems to be playing pretty well ever since the Spurs game. They seem to be playing pretty well, even against Burnley. I thought they played well. Burnley just Burnley's really good. Yeah. This game, I don't think anyone questioned that Arsenal didn't play well. It wasn't the – I think it was just sort of maybe sometimes you get unlucky. Oh, you know what? Two guys, two guys didn't play well. Two, two Arsenal guys played not great. Who's that? Two defenders did not play really great. In fact, Dave, I would like to save it for the injury roundup, but, yeah. but I don't think we can because you've got a full-blown Arsenal conspiracy theory going on yeah. within the squad about one scrot on Mustafi. Yeah, oh yeah. And whether or not he's actually even hurt. Dave, if you had to guess between the following three options, what did what did Mustafi actually hurt? Did he hurt A his ankle, B his calf, or C his feelings? <laughs> <laughs> because that is the option. He got that, hurt after the second goal, right? Yes, when he made a All terrible a sudden, lunging weird challenge. I would have thought it would be like an goal. upper like a quad or hamstring injury. Dave, Arsene Wenger said post match, I don't know what's wrong with him at all. And <laughs> Arsenal fans <laughs> Arsenal fans are likening this to this to similar statements that he made about Mesut Ozil's sickness that kept him out against before the Burnley match that kept yeah. that kept Urzel out. Well when he said of when he said of him, I haven't seen him. <laughs> Does Fanger have something against Germans? I don't know. What's going on? I mean per Murdersack there's probably the L R D in there, locker room dad if you don't know what that means. And it seems like, hey, hey Per, go handle this. I mean, seriously, he they're looking at him as staying with the club being a uh, a lower uh, academy uh, manager, 
That's not the word, like coach, coach. Something, yeah. 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 But bottom line is, yeah, what the heck is going on? Who knows, man? You can just listen. There, there's a lot of things to be frustrated at Arsenal. One of them is, is sometimes you play a hell of a game and you still lose, and that's sports. And and you know what? It happened the other day, and it was really frustrating. Honestly, I was losing my voice, screaming at the TV. The multiple times that the ball is just bouncing around in the six-yard box, and all it needs to do is just pinball into the net, and it doesn't, Brian. Man, that sucks hard. When De Gea kicked Alexis's shot out into the stand, Th- that, that kick was save? The, that was one of the moments that I will probably remember forever. Yeah, that kick save might be one of the one of the best saves I've ever seen. He he had a kick save on our on a Sanchez literally 5 feet away. How he was able to even come close to reacting to that as he was falling down. He's falling down and he makes the yeah, kick save. The first save. save was good. Was really good. The second save was He had to was parry ridiculous. the first save. Sanchez then picks it up inside the 6-yard box. Five feet away from him, not that close, but close, and hey, still makes the save. Hey, heck of a game. It's just frustrating sometimes, and but you know what? That's sports. That is sports. Let's but, let's talk about Ramsey. Well, I was gonna say that. So De Gea, you know, is a hu- obviously a huge talking point. Paul Pogba's red card is obviously massive as well. But I think Pogba, uh, the other uh, the other big part of this to me was was midfield assists. Yeah. So Ramsey's assist in a week where I think a lot of people, a lot of people were already bringing Ramsey in anyway. We've been talking about him for a long time. I mean, even in this match, he ends up getting the assist on Lacazette's goal. Pogba gets two of the assists for Manchester United. I just felt like this was, uh, like, it helps just reinforce, Scott, the thing that you said last week. Like, there are so many combinations of midfielders to That's put right. together at this point. And if it wasn't for, the, if it wasn't for Pogba's red... I mean, I feel like he, it's he was he he could be a, a, easily in that list of guys that you should try to go get as yep. fast as possible. All right. As long as it fits into your valuations and and what price you're looking at at your different midfield positions. Scott, what do you think Ramsey ranks in midfielder scoring right now? I just looked. So okay, know. so you know he's fifth. Yeah, he's right? top five. That's right. If I would have said Brian, who has more fantasy points, Aaron Ramsey or David Silva, where would you go? Because and the reason, why, only reason why I bring Ramsey up is because he's not going to make it to the bargain bin because he's more than seven because he's seven point two. Yeah. Right. So he didn't make it in, but if he did, I got to believe he would be at the top of the list. I mean, he's probably been close to Silva for a while now. I I probably only on only just because of knowing how how far Silva dropped off there for a few weeks. Yeah. I would have probably. I might I might have guessed Ramsey anyway, but yeah. but only on the only on the basis that Silva's been down. Ramsey's a whole bedillion dollars pounds less than Silva. Yeah. Silva's a eight point two, Ramsey's a seven point two. Right. And Ramsey has one more fantasy point than him. Ramsey's last Scott since since the Everton game when he scored twelve. Yeah. And they scored nine and I'll remind everyone that you said Dave, is this going? And I was like, listen, when he comes into form, it's going to stay there until he gets injured. Sure. So far, that's happened. He's gone since then. He's gone twelve nine six three six ten six in his last three six he's ten six. Not stopping anytime soon. No, and their their schedule is very nice. Arsenal schedule coming up at Southampton, at West Ham, just Newcastle, 
just read on down into February because that's when it get that's when it starts that they get a couple back to back there against Spurs and Manchester City that are not not the greatest back to back but it does I don't think it matters. Yeah. I would say at this point there similar to Leicester there isn't really I don't see how that's so much of a down even those two back to back how that's so down. I feel like I feel like the rest of the season Arsenal schedule is is really fantasy friendly. Yeah. Aaron Ramsey will be in my team this week, even if I the, sacrifice Silva. The bad thing for them is what happens to Arsenal whenever Mustafi's not there. Right. And so depending on whether or not there's an actual injury or not with Mustafi, which that's to be seen, Yeah. Uh, that obviously changes the, the defensive uh, structure for it does. them. And I and it's it all of a sudden it makes it makes these like lower level matches, especially against like Southampton, where you know that Charlie Austin, if he's going to keep starting, could poke a ball in there every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Like against you know maybe you'd, you'd feel a lot better if you knew that Mustafi was going to play. I, I guess that's just that's one of those things that you'll just have to wait and see. Those who are patient with Antonio Valencia were thrilled with his goal. He's now the top scoring defender overall. Uh, I want to mention uh, two other names, though. Jesse Lingard. Do you want to jump on that and ride the lightning with Jesse Lingard Listen, right now? I really Lingard was Lingard was fascinating to watch. Um, what was really cool a little bit, and it, and it hurt Arsenal. Mourinho went with it was really interesting. He put Lingard up front to put pressure on Arsenal's defense, and Lukaku was almost playing as a number nine when they didn't have the ball. Does that make sense? When they didn't have the ball, Lingard was up top running around doing all the chasing. But then then when when they fell back into the midfield, or I mean when they fell back into their own half, then Lukaku and Lingard were both kind of almost playing like a top two. When United was able to get the ball, Lingard was like, they were sending him, and that's how he scored two of his goals. Yeah. Well, on counters, Mourinho saw a hole, and credit to him, he put Lingard up there, and Lingard produced. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty impressive. So maybe a, a, an interesting option? It is an interesting option. How about, okay, so we mentioned Paul Pogba out uh, now because of his straight red. Uh, Lukaku, you mentioned Lukaku, Dave. Yeah. What, does, what does this match do? Anything at all for Lukaku owners? If I'm Lukaku owners, I'm probably looking in other places. He played today in Champions League and scored. Um, I think he's still a great player. I just think that there's possibly better options. And uh, he just, he has, he's kind of cooled off a little bit. I think yeah. there's some hotter options for me. For so we talked personally. about how it's hard to get off of Lukaku without losing either some significant value, especially if you already own Murata as your second striker. Yeah. Um, and how because of how hard it is then to go up to Kane, and you don't really want to go down to one of the eight pound forwards. So Lukaku owners are kind of just stuck. But I'm okay with that because, I mean, he's probably he's not, he's not going to hurt you. He's probably number one forward, and that's a guy that you just you just keep putting him out there, just yeah. like Mourinho is in real life. Right, you just keep putting him out there. He will produce for you in the long run. Yeah, no, I have no problem with that. City two, West Ham one. Angelo Ogbonna scoring for the Hammers, but it's not enough in the face of Odomendi and David Silva's goals, Jesus and KDB with the assists. I love watching uh, David Silva score a goal because 
I do not have him on my team for the first time in many, many weeks. <laughs> Did you just sell him the week yeah, before? Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, it was so great. It was everyone else's turn this week. Uh, no Sterling. Uh, Sterling renews as the Fantasy Premier League reminds everyone every week of the FPL curse for the most transferred in player. So uh, Sterling was bought, I'm sure, by many a David Silva owner mm. in a straight swap. I don't mean to wade into controversy here, guys. Yeah. But I think I need to say something. Okay. This is a David Silva no, nugget we've not. been waiting for. It's not. I think it might be dumb to sell any of the main city players at all. Dumb. Just dumb? Yeah. Not sell completely necessarily, but even swap them around. Like, no. I don't know. I don't know. Every single one of them it's has gonna- had the best week of of almost anyone almost every week <laughs> on a rotation right <laughs> yeah so <laughs> something that especially in the midfield I also at forward that, it sounds like the injury protocol by mean, Mourinho everyone that sometimes always has everything yeah I don't mean to be controversial here no that's not controversial <laughs> but those guys are good yeah <laughs> absolutely um, no Brian you're exactly right uh, you you cannot play the lottery with your city players and try to bounce around and guess and, who's going to have try a big to get, week. Lo, yeah, you, you just, can't do it. You can sometimes guess who's going to start based on who didn't start last match that they've played, but you just buy your guys and stick with them. I, I I've said this before. I'll say it again. Probably a few more times this season. I have KDB in my lineup. Yes, he was expensive, but I knew he would work out. And even as you were ridiculing me at the start of the year, I held on to him. And guess what? He's now up to second overall in midfielder scoring. And he's going to keep climbing because that's just what all these city guys do. Sterling is third overall. Sané is fourth. Silva is seventh. You just buy the guys yeah. you decide you want at the prices they're at, and you just play them. So what I did was I I spent all my money. And this is I feel like it's the stupidest thing I've done. Uh, one of the one of the top dumber things I've done this season so far where I, I went up from Silva to Sané uh, and I did it while Sané was still $9 and so then he immediately dropped to 8.9 after I bought him and then he immediately went to 8.8 yeah. after I bought him that's all right now Sané has this is three weeks three straight weeks of no return and obviously one of those is, is the week he sat out but he hasn't done that since the first three matches of the season uh, and those, of course, he was not playing. Uh, his everything was a doubt with him at the beginning, as far as his what his role exactly was going to be. And then he proceeded to explode after that. Uh, I I I'm only saying that because I just I feel like every week it's been someone. So the first after the first three weeks, Scott, you're right. Everyone bailed on Kevin. Then it's. It looks like Silva offers better value, and then both of them proceed to to return great returns. Mm-hmm. And then Sterling starts scoring, and Sané starts scoring, and everyone was swapping around Aguero and Jesus, and both of those guys are going to keep doing the same thing. And really, it's just like if I, unless you own Ederson, which I don't know how many people even do that, I, I just feel like you might as well just pick. I mean, really, you could pick just two of any. And just play them. Just stick with them. Um, it's like Liverpool last year. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Hey, five, 5.1% own Ederson. Just want to throw that Good, out there. Um, tough tough on West Ham. They they seem to play hard. They did. Uh, Spirited man, effort. You know what I thought? I, spe- I thought, damn it, West Ham. Like, get it done. Like, it, they, 
They played unreal. They played awesome. They did. Um, it's always sad to see a man, though, lose his job on national television. Joe Hart, so long to yeah. the starting lineup. Yeah. Welcome Moist. back, Adrian. Adrian. Yeah. Um, yeah. Six saves. De Gea ing there for a minute. Uh, and he's. If he is really going to be the next guy, uh, he, we've already seen him before, so it's not like this is yeah. this is no no new territory for him. But four point three pounds, point four percent owned. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a it's just a little hop there from Rob <sighs> Elliott. If you want to have a, a bottom feeder uh, goalkeeper, yeah. I need to see some I need to see some better defense still from the Hammer. They they have a lot of problems. <laughs> Which means I don't know that I want their goalkeeper. I'm especially their backup especially the next two weeks when no, they I, when when they're home to Chelsea and home to Arsenal. Right. Oh yeah. Now, Pray for Adrian. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, the last three times West Ham and Chelsea have played, the final score was two one, uh, with West Ham winning one of those. Interesting. So, hey, I, this I West Ham, I, the West Ham I, team I that played this past weekend, if they show up. Uh, next week, when Chelsea comes to town, they got a chance to win. Well, I was going to say, given their recent results, I don't think anyone would have predicted a two-one final scoreline against Manchester City. So, a t- so two-one uh, doesn't seem out of the question for sure. It just, uh, I, I just don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go betting the farm on that one. Sure. The only guy I want to talk about we haven't discussed so far is <laughs> Nicholas Odomendi. Nicholas Odomendi is the most frustrating defender who's not named Phil Jones. Amazing. Yeah, I'll say. He puts up a 15 in match week nine. Right, Ryan, you owned him, did you? I still him? own him, yeah. That's my, that's the <laughs> did, one of the few guys I... Did you play I, him this week? Yeah, of course. Oh. Why? Why wouldn't I play him at home against West Ham? <laughs> I feel like it was one of the most obvious plays that you could have, and not because you think that he's going to score Of, of course you knew he would score. No, I did not. Sure you did. I just want to read his last seven, and he's played every one of these matches all 90 minutes except for one. Yeah, his suspended one. Yep. 15, 0, 1, 0, 0, 2, 11. Yeah. Wonderful. Crazy Wonderful. Splits so fun. For Nicholas Sotomendi. Makes fantasy Premier League so fun. Chelsea 3, Newcastle 1. Eden Hazard with the brace. Alvaro Morata also putting one in, getting back on track. Uh, Victor Moses with an assist. Uh, for Newcastle, getting oh, the scoring assist. Hmm? Moses had both a, two had two assists. Welcome back, Victor Moses. For Newcastle, Dwight Gale, he got the scoring started, but it wasn't enough. Chelsea gets the points. Murata owners happy. Hazard, he's official now. There's no yeah, I mean, yeah. there's no doubt in anyone's mind, right? Hazard's Hazard's ownership has, has more than doubled uh in the past. Yeah. This is what week. I need everyone in the league that I'm in to do is not pick up Hazard. Because everyone just else, just let him be. <laughs> I'll own him. No one else worry about it. I, I picked him up a few weeks ago, and uh, it's been the one bright spot uh, for my lineup of recent. I'm pretty sure you were the podcast host who said you weren't sure that he was officially back. I know I did too, but I'm pretty sure you were in agreement with me on that. You secretly went out and yeah, bought him, I'm, huh? No. Yeah, I've owned him for a couple of weeks. I After the um, – honestly, I just needed someone <laughs> – when you're behind, you have to sometimes look for and hope for a spark from someone uh, as they're starting to play well. And after his second game, when he just looked different and he's playing, I feel like Chelsea's playing like a a a three five two, and 
Hazard and Morata are playing up top. Mm -hmm. So he's not playing in the same winger position that he used to be. And I think it took multiple matches for him to kind of figure that out. And I think he's now figured it out. And he looks healthy. And he yeah. looks dangerous. He man. does. Um, he has Antonio, scored. Sorry. He has scored sixty-one of his sixty-eight points in the last seven matches. Yeah. So sixty-one points in the last seven matches. That's yeah. that's an average of nine points per yeah, match. Yeah. So Antonio Conte said, uh, he said this week, we can change our system. We can play Hazard as a second striker. We can play him as a number ten when we play three-four-three. Uh, I think this past week it was like a three-five-one-one <laughs> with uh, right. with with Hazard and and Murata. and Murata playing yeah. kind of together. Um, now, like I don't know how many more good things this guy can do. The only issue, the only issue, the thing that would make me nervous about having him, the thing that made me nervous, I mean, it happened two weeks ago, two matches ago, I should say, is subbing on for nine minutes. Yeah. Uh, and especially in a week when you know I had him, I captained him, and it was fun to get those two points for those nine minutes. And then removing the captain from him this week and play, playing it safe with Harry Kane and <laughs> no. duplicating that result, uh, oh. it was so nice to lose 15 <laughs> points. Uh, Listen, Chelsea's schedule, and I know we've been mentioning this, but let me tell you, it's great. If I am anyone out there, if I myself... I am going to own, Brian, and you like that. Yeah, of course. If I, I am myself. If I am myself, I'm going to own three Chelsea players. Many, many great observations begin with I, something along the lines listen, of, if I am myself. <laughs> Nothing hurts me more, for the most part, other than Arsenal playing the match of the season and losing, than owning, I, I despise Chelsea Football Club. But for fantasy purposes, when you're trying to win, it doesn't matter, man. You just see... All, you don't see colors. You just see points. I don't. Right? I, just give me some points. points I don't think. Points, I think you're. I, I unless like for Scott, where you you know you hate Antonio Conte. I don't think there's any moral issue whatsoever owning a Chelsea player that a, a Chelsea team that does not have Diego Costa on it. No, uh, I think that it's a. I feel like it's a different. It's a completely different, different uh, uh, family friendly. Uh, nice, fun club. Yeah, no, listen, I get it. it. It's For me, it's a rival. I've just always disliked them, even when Mourinho was there. But bottom line is, I own Azpilicueta, Hazard, and Morata. And I love that with their schedule upcoming. And you're at, an Arsenal fan. At West Ham, at Huddersfield, Southampton, at Everton, Brighton, Stoke. Awesome schedule. This has been a very quotable podcast already, but, Brian, we can't. We can't overlook the fact that Dave literally used the words, I don't see colors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good, Dave. Yeah, good for you. When it comes to fantasy, Scott. How very, how very 21st century. Uh, when, it's, when it comes to fantasy, Scott. Carl Darlow, Carl Darlow had six saves. Uh, I just like that Carl Darlow is playing. I know that it's annoying for fantasy, but Carl Darlow, uh, Carl Darlow's back, man. Um, <laughs> Carl Darlow, whose name you have to use in its entirety, anytime you mention him, um, something that I I know it it is uh, it's directly related to injury purposes for the for this podcast, but I can I can say that in the last four weeks since Atsu and Lascelles have been out for Newcastle, Newcastle has conceded twelve goals. They're in trouble. In the eleven matches prior to that, in which Atsu and Lascelles played, I think all. They conceded ten goals. Uh, 
Jamal Lascelles, if he's not back this week, uh, it should be the week after that. Obviously a different Newcastle team when you have the threat of someone like Christian Atsu and the, the steady defense of Jamal Lascelles. Matt Ritchie subbing in at left back for Newcastle uh, had the penalty that ended up on Moses that ended up getting the hazard penalty, uh, his penalty goal. So that's not going to stay either because Paul Dummett should be back as well. At One, least there's a at least there's a glimmer of hope for stability for Newcastle. Defensively, who has been who was defensively pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty the good. First, their problem is the first eleven weeks. Their problem is scoring goals. Where are the goals going to come from? Dwight Gale kicked one in, Dave. Well, okay, and I like Dwight Gale, but he's going to be good for one maybe every third match. Yeah. You don't think Yosalu can get one? Here he there, never Dave? scores, does he? I'm just know. saying, look, and their upcoming schedule doesn't get any better. They're home to home to Leicester, home to Everton, and at Arsenal. I don't know, man. That's not great. That's not a great at schedule. At least two of those are at home. At least they're back home. If that's the silver lining, then then that's a a bad piece of piece of cloth. I hope that I hope that <laughs> they keep Rafa Benitez and keep the bigger picture in mind. Brighton one, Liverpool five. Glenn Murray's penalty kick goal is uh, nothing in comparison to the Chan, Firmino, Brace, Coutinho goal, the Lewis Dunk own goal. I feel like we've been saying Lewis Dunk own goal a lot. He, if he scores one more, he'll have the Premier League record. In addition to his goal, Coutinho. In a season, sorry. Coutinho, yeah, no, that's great. In addition to his goal, Coutinho also had two assists. Uh, Salah owner's happy for Salah's assist as well. Lots, lots here for the Reds. If you're Salah hater, you weren't happy with that assist. I guess not. I guess that's true. I, I, I don't know. There's something there. I, I just can consistently root for the rhino to rhino his way out of assists and goals. But it was a good, it was a good assist. I got to give him credit for that. Firmino back, which was nice. I don't know. Yeah, that man. Many people... I, I mean, hey, hey, Roberto, welcome back. Welcome back to the week of sco- to scoring. I mean, you haven't done anything since the first three weeks of the season. But hey, welcome back. And yet, eighteen point three percent people still own him. Yeah. So there were a lot of points there to be had. I'm sure at that price, uh, was it eight and a half, eight and a half pounds? You know, he's someone you put in as your, you know, if you didn't want Vardy and you wanted to stick with Firmino as your second or maybe even third forward, you just kept him there. Yeah, but but if you know anything, if, if, <laughs> you, you're not doing that, right? I mean, well, eighteen point five percent of people are, and they got yeah, lots of points. And for this I'll, again, I, I as I said on Slack this week, Slack sponsor us. I'd like to see the Premier League needs to create an activity percentage of accounts that are active currently <laughs> and making at least a change every third week. Every account's active, right? I found I, – I saw the one uh, – someone's lineup, and they were starting Origi. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> right? Like That's not even something you should have done in week one. No, understood. It was at, technically in a draft league, so, you know, whatever. But bottom line is – still. Hey, Listen, you shouldn't have been starting Roberto Firmino. If you were, great. You, you know what? Maybe I, ho- I hope you triple captained him. Brighton's still a good matchup for Liverpool. Player. I know. There's no doubt. My point being is, if anyone has started Firmino, I mean, listen, I, I don't have anything against him. I had, I think, I owned him in the beginning of the season, and then, and then I held on to him too long. Is this Scott? Tell me what's going on with Liverpool. What gives? Is this the Firmino we all know and love? 
And is this the Coutinho we all know and love? As someone who has paid a little extra attention to Liverpool, uh, I will say that there was a little bit of a sense of, of what was happening to Salah in the beginning of the year was happening to the entire club while they were down from match to match. Uh, and now, you know, they're kind of just correcting that a little bit by putting more than normal in. And so, yeah, I'll say yes. I don't know yet what the consistent result will be over the course of the rest of the season. But my guess is it's probably going to be somewhere between the losing streak, uh, or at least lack of winning streak, and the five goals we saw here. It'll be somewhere in between, which means you know there'll be some wealth that'll be shared among all the, the heavy hitters, Salah, Coutinho, Firmino, etc. Too bad Mane couldn't get on the action in this game, got benched. I'd be more nervous about rotation. I feel like it, it can only get worse. We're recording this on Tuesday night, and so Liverpool has not played their final group stage match in the Champions League. They're in position to advance, which would increase the likelihood of rotation. You're exactly right. And and I, that's, I think that's why Mane didn't play. Oh, they've got to have him midweek to ensure they advance to the round yeah. 16. Yeah. Um, why doesn't anyone, why do Liverpool people, why is Alberto Moreno so so hated and yet so purchased by fantasy Premier League owners? He's up to 4.7, I know, because I'm a sucker and I have him. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Brian, why. Robert, or, uh, Roberto, Alberto Moreno uh-huh. is not going to be part of our bargain bin defender game. Oh, okay. However, okay. he almost was. I'm sure. He is the, when it comes to those who are 4.7 or lower, okay. so he still meets the mark there, Right. he is 12th. Wow, that's close. Outside, in points per pound. Outside the top 10. Yeah. In points per pound. But that's still so he is, uh, he's, you know, he's down there at the bottom of the bargain bin. He's in the bin, though. And so that is why a lot of people are flocking to him. Plus, he plays for a top-flight club that gets a lot of surprise clean sheets. I mean, yeah. they got six on the season. Mignolet doesn't ever have to do a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> well, that's why they've got clean sheets. That's probably good for. <laughs> I feel like he's either he's either letting goals in or just kind of picking his nose in the back. Like it's either one or the other, uh, and or saving penalties. He's a beast at that. Yeah, it's true. Glenn Murray's ownable. Let's just leave is it he? At, yeah, let's just leave it at that. He is. I think he's definitely ownable. I, I would at this agree. point, at this point, I'd rather own him than the ask because I don't know what's going on with my yeah, we'll boy. Talk about that. We'll yeah, get to him we'll more on that. Watford won, Spurs won, Christian Cavaselli scoring for the Hornets, Son scoring for the Spurs, Sanchez scoring a red card for Spurs, and there's, you know, Martin Atkinson just had an atrocious match. What else I, do you want to say? I would like to nominate the Cavaselli goal for the most fantasy insignificant goal of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an excellent point. Cavaselli is owned by 0.9% of oh. and Tom Cleverly is at 1.1%. And not not to mention it it destroyed any hope of whatever there was for, for a, a clean for a sheet, clean sheet yep. for Spurs. Uh, very Still. annoying. And of all the people, I don't know that you're expecting it to be those two. Hey, Watford continues to impress. They do. This is a good point at home, although Spurs are, you know, in the, a funk of their own. They are in a little bit of a funk. I'll yeah. say though. Serious funk. Watford deserved the 3 points. If Atkinson calls the Ben Davis push as a penalty, or the Eric Dyer handball yeah. as a penalty, I, I, I wasn't. I didn't hate the push. I 
The push was less egregious it than the dire been, handball. It would, if they had, if he had the called du- it, it would have been like it was exactly in the middle of really, really touchy penalty or really close to being a touchy penalty. I feel like it was <laughs> straddling that line. Either way, they should have easily gotten one. The dire handball was silly. Ugh. It All right. looked terrible. So I want I want we have a guy in our league, our nine player, a personal league that we play in that, you know, helps us you know, know what we're doing here on this podcast. Uh we have a guy who is in the United States referee system. Now, I don't know all the official terminology and everything, sure. but he's in the system. He is a referee. He knows more about refereeing than we do. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he does. sure. Now, he does a lot of the uh, the higher level high school, lower level college matches at this point and is on his way up the system. I would say the English equivalent's probably like 8th to 10th level of English soccer. That's kind of where he's at. So he's down there, but he's on the way up. He, he at least, obviously, to get any experience whatsoever, he knows what he's doing. He understands the rules. And so I asked him, was this a handball? He gave five reasons why <laughs> yeah. it was a handball. Read them swiftly. Dyer does not make a significant effort to move his arm away. One. Two, his arm's in an unnatural position. Yeah. Three, he uses it to make himself bigger. Four, he prevents a promising attack. Five, the ball is not kicked at him very fast. <laughs> even though there's not a significant distance between them. And all of this is part of what makes that a handball. Five things in this play that make that a handball. Which, and Martin Atkinson's in the wrong place to be able to see it. Which is interesting because as a referee, you have to make it a, sort of an instant decision. You can't blow the whistle and then go, hmm, let me think about it for a minute. Let me replay it, Brian, and see if it meets all five or six I or know. seven of the criteria that I need. But come on, Martin Atkinson, you're at like the top level of of refereeing. I'll tell you the last thing that Tottenham Hotspur needed was for Davinson Sanchez to get a straight red. Oh my. Of all the things that they did not need right now in the middle <laughs> of a bad well, run, it is to lose Davinson Sanchez. The only thing worse than that one might be losing Kane to an injury. It just I mean they are already this Knock is on something that yeah, might happen. Seriously, right? I mean it could, but it's just not a it's just not a smart play. And I don't mean to be mean to the guy, but it was kind of a dumb thing to do. Yeah, it was. No question about it. What Out was dumber, open. him or Pogba? That was dumber. Davinson Sanchez was dumber. Yeah. That was, that was, I mean, that was, with his arm, that's less don't excusable you feel like, than Pogba. With not his to foot. go back on that, but don't you feel like, don't you feel like Bellerin dragged his leg way, way back there for way too long? <laughs> no. No. He was sticking it out okay, there. Yeah, that's what I mean. But, I mean, Pogba got it with both sets of cleats. I know. I, it was I, rough. It was really unbelievable. rough. Unbelievable. Hey, Anyhow. Brian, uh, so there's this guy who all of a sudden started showing up in the Watford lineup wearing a Phantom of the Opera face mask. Yeah. And then I see his name, and it's got all these vowels. Sure does. Which makes it an immediate <laughs> uh-huh. candidate oh, yeah. for everyone. Once you see a name like that, you can't look away. No, Listen, it's a- I want all of our fans, when they're watching games, when they see a crazy name getting a goal or assist, I want them to start thinking, yeah. oh, man, I hope oh, that's yeah, a how to say. And for new new listeners to our pod, one of the longest-running segments on our show is something called How to Say with Brian J, where Brian teaches us the official – correct pronunciations based on the language the name comes from because mm-hmm. the, for some the, of these players. The yeah. announcers butcher oftentimes butcher completely butcher it. Which, by the way, if we ever say a pronunciation different than what you're hearing on TV, we are going to always claim that we are right because Brian J has taught us how to say That's it. That's correct. The, the biggest case in point is Kalasinach. 
Yeah, <laughs> on this is, podcast, you'll be like... known as Kolashinitz. Anyway, it. go back and listen to that if you want to hear that. Uh, Brian, <laughs> yeah, teach us about this Watford player, please. Are we going to have music for this, Dave? Um, I can probably dig up something. Look, I know how, uh, shall we say, uncooperative you can be in the music selection <laughs> uh, for this segment. So, I'm either praised or bashed. So I'm hedging a bit here. Uh, I'm asking for some serious obscurity. Uh, <laughs> because it's never happened before. Uh, Betty Servert. <laughs> yep, you nailed it. Sure. It's a band that, I have to be honest, I remember their name from the 90s. <laughs> But I, as I learned for this segment, they formed in Amsterdam in sure. the early 90s. Okay. So not only are they in my Gen X musical taste formative wheelhouse, <laughs> they are geographically appropriate, and they also give us a pronunciation clue yet to boot. Oh, okay. I love this uh, already. Betty oh, yeah. Servert. Sure. Uh, use the song, let's say, Kids All Right. It's not a bad one. Uh and hey, if you have an aversion to obscurity out there when you're hearing this, then as the Dutch say, you can stick an Amstel light where the sun don't shine. <laughs> no, I can't still lights. This week's How to Say is the result of two weeks of mental and linguistic anguish. Really, we should have talked about this Dutch left back at least three match weeks ago when he had two assists and three bonus points against Newcastle. But as, but as Schopenhauer famously said... <laughs> Life without pain has no meaning, and so the two of you have yet again doomed me to 14 days of finding meaning. <laughs> Marvin is his merciful first name. Oh, Marvin. <laughs> then, like a swollen wave of liquid garbage, the Dutch of it washes you into the storm drain of pronunciation. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Dutch double E is more like A. A. Day. Whoa, whoa, you've already messed up every TV announcer. A? The, the Dutch, double A is A? Yeah, it is, yeah, it is more like A. Double E. Double E. The Dutch G not only forces you to revisit voiceless fricatives, <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. there is also regional pronunciation to consider depending on what part of the Netherlands you're in. Oh. Hell is real, and it is probably Dutch. <laughs> yeah. I'm being dramatic, of course. On this podcast, only Dave truly hates the Dutch. Everyone knows. <laughs> Not that. true. The point is, I don't want to get into I just couldn't get into it too far. Your very reasonably priced Dutch Watford defender is none other than Marvin Zehelar. They are Zehelar. No one's saying that. Hold on, the Dutch I, I... G is definitely in the... It's a. The, the fricative is is a, is, a, is the Z's and it's the K's and it's yeah. the heart, those it's those sounds that are made by by narrow openings in, in the throat and mouth. But the G is a <laughs> Zehalar. Literally, he's teaching us. I'm how telling to you. Say. I'm telling you. <laughs> right, hold on, guide me, guide me through this. Zehalar. Zehalar. Yeah. And then from now on, everyone in this cockpit. <laughs> On this podcast, what is I this? Like that. On this podcast, must be I had a fricative that just jumped in my throat. It must refer to zehalar properly. Um, is that did I say it right? Zehalar. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Just uh, got to get a little phlegm hey, in there and, and get it out. I think interesting about him. If you're wondering, as many people do nowadays, hey, where's Jose Holabas? Um, interesting tidbit. 
uh, Premier League injury guru Ben Dinnery said uh, this week, prior, he talked about Marco Silva prior to the weekend's matches, said that Holobos is fit. Holobos is fully fit, but Zechlar has, has been the tactical preference well, for yeah, them. Well, yeah, because he's not a red card waiting to happen. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, you might. Uh, to me, he's played really well. I mean, he has, he has, he had two good scores back to back, and then right. they got, you know, they got a bit trounced by Manchester United, and then you know Tottenham happened, and wasn't wasn't a ton, but a really great run of matches coming up for Watford. Well, in honor of this discussion on Zehalar, I've decided now's the time to play our first round of the bargain bin game start the music Dave okay let's do it bargain bin game defender edition all right once more on the rules guys have to be priced at at least 4.7 pounds or lower and then looking at those guys only who has the most points per pound that's what we're looking at here with the bargain in our opinion is one of the most important fantasy relevant statistics absolutely Absolutely, because points are what ultimately matters. Compare that to the price, points per pound is very, very important. So I'm going to start from the bottom, work my way up. Before I begin, who do you think? Give me your guesses, guys. Who is the number one bargain defender in the bargain bin looking at points per pound? Give me a name. Brian. 4.7 or lower. I'm going to say. Um, I'll go. I'll, Dave. I'll, uh, Dave, you go first. Oof. The, the, a Burnley defender. I, I'll probably go the okay. Burnley defender. Right. Uh, I don't know what me is, but he's probably 4.6-ish or 4.7 maybe. Okay. I appreciate I, the fact that you're not looking at all to make this guess, so this is good. I like it. Let's I, just I go naturally would go to Burnley. Somewhere uh, in Burnley. Sure. Okay, good. Brian? Yeah, that's a really good guess. I would also, uh, I might guess, um, hey, look, I own Shane Duffy. Okay. All right. Shane, Shane Duffy. Duffy. Yeah. Shane Duffy. Okay. I'll say. All right. I'll say someone like that. Let me start at the bottom. And actually, we have a tie at tenth, so I'm giving you eleven because we have a tie for tenth. Okay. The two guys tied for tenth, coming in at nine point five five points per pound. Wow, that's really high. Bruno, and Zanka, from Brighton and Brighton and Hove no. Albion and Huddersfield Town. So Bruno and Zanka. They have half the names, but but I full feel like value. I feel like they might have gotten a lot of those points early on. They're different times, sure. But still coming in tied for tenth, just above them, tied for eighth, playing for Liverpool. Joe Gomez. Okay, okay, that doesn't surprise me that yeah, that Joe much. Joe Gomez has been very good. Tied yep. with Gomez is the aforementioned Jamal Lascelles of Newcastle. Sure. Okay. That definitely coming in early in the season. Yes. And when he's back healthy. I, I'm going to look at you him. You need to look at him. 4.6 currently. Seventh place. He might be fantasy irrelevant, but he's seventh in the bargain bin. Christian Cavaselli of Watford. Wow. Dumb. Right at wow. 10 points per pound. 45 points on the year at 4.5 pounds. That's a that's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, One goal will do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> As a defender, that's true. You're going to love who's in sixth place. Sixth place, 
playing for West Bromwich Albion, Ahmed Hagazi. Amazing. 10.44 points per pound. Amazing. If I I had an old head of lettuce, I would throw it at you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not making this up. I'm just telling you what the stats show. Now we're into the top five, and this is where we get to Burnley. Fifth place at 10.86 points per pound, James Tarkowski. Yep. I, I was going to say, because he's cheaper than a couple of the other Burnley defenders, I, wa- I, th- I can't remember if I mentioned that last week or not. That doesn't surprise me. He almost scored. He, I think he had a, a header off the post last week. We have a tie at third, 11.08. So we've cracked the 11 points per pound barrier. Tied for third, 11.08. Shane Duffy. Okay. Wow, great. there you go, Brian. Okay. And then another Watford defender, Kiko Feminia. Right. Yeah, Kiko. Got, Kiko's uh, Kiko's pretty nailed in with those that with that team. I think he's still a really good buy. In second place, right at our cutoff, four point seven pounds. He has eleven point two seven points per pound. Second place in the bargain bin from Burnley, Matthew Lowton. Lowton, that that's a Burnley defender that maybe we've never mentioned on the pod. I don't think we have Matthew Lowton. And then your number one bargain bin defender. Neither of you guessed his name. He comes from Swansea at 11.3 points per pound. Kyle Knott. Wow. He's up to 4.6. You own him, Scott? I do still own him. He's my fifth defender. That is wild. Uh, It's it's wild to me that Lowton, who has played every game but the last two for Burnley, looks like he's got a 75% chance of playing this week. And then, uh, and then Naughton's up there. Man, that is, uh, I just, that's wild because I just never see Swansea keeping any f- kind of a clean sheet. By definition, you're going to get a lot of lower tier, mid to lower tier clubs in their players are going to be in the bargain bin because that's where their players are priced. Right. You're not going to get United or City or Arsenal or Chelsea or Liverpool players. Joe Gomez aside, uh, everyone is coming from bottom, bottom half clubs and, um, so it shouldn't be any surprise. I mean, Watford is as good as they are because they've got a lot of guys here who are playing really well. Two defenders in uh, the top seven of our bargain bin pricing. Two Scott, Burnley defenders. To put that in perspective, do you know what Antonio Valencia's points per pound is? Who's the highest scoring defender? What is that? It's 11.7. Interesting. So Just higher than Kyle Naughton. Yes. Now, <laughs> which, which is interesting. Now, his cost is more, right? Yep. But points per pound, in other words, could be good. you want to ma- if you can maximize your points per pound, right. the better that you can do that. Absolutely. On your club, on your fantasy club, mm-hmm. you will absolutely maximize your chances. As long win. as you're spending all your money, that is absolutely right. That's correct. Yes, which most but people it's I just think do. interesting that the highest scoring defender has the same points per pound, pretty much. Just about as just, the as the yep. a, a defender at four point seven. That's exactly right. Very, very, very interesting. We good, will come good to good the game. bargain bin midfielder edition later in our podcast. Oh, boy. Lester won. Burnley nil. The lone goal in this match coming from Damari Gray. Just in time for me to sell him. Really? <laughs> no way. You just let me know when you did it. Sell him. I, bought him, I bought him for the exact reason. One, he was he's ridiculously cheap. Two, he's been playing a ton for them, especially since. He might be in the bargain since, bin now that you uh, mention it. Right. Well, no, I'm sh- he he might be, but since Puel took over, he's he's played, like started every he's game. He's played nearly yeah. constantly. Uh, I sold him after he had a uh, 
just a really just a, a mental error yeah. uh, against West Ham should have mm-hmm. should have scored against them. I don't. I think he either was rested or got benched for the for the match after that. Didn't come in come in at the end of the match in the last one. But yeah, scored a goal. Mares with the assist on it, and Mares keeps giving you points. Hey, Damari Gray proved that he wanted to score so much that he decided to celebrate by launching his stomach into the woodwork. I felt bad for him. I mean, oh, yeah. He, he was committed. Was, he was that the hurt. end of the goal yes. or was that the beginning no. of the celebration? <laughs> no. It, um, I, he never celebrated that goal no, he because not. he completely launched himself into the woodwork yeah. as he scored the goal. Clean sheets for Lester. Old-looking old Lester, 1-0 win. Casper Schmeichel, five saves. All the bonus points going to to Casper and then uh, Maguire and Wes Morgan. Uh, feels like old times. Yeah, I told you guys before we recorded, I, I labored over whether to make a transfer or not, and I ended up selling Phil Jones to to get Harry Maguire for at least one or two weeks. That's a good move. It was a good no, move. I think, I, I listen, I'll say it every week if I have to. I love the balance of Lester's schedule from now till the end of the season. Hmm. I think it is such a nicely balanced schedule you there are no back to back killer weeks. Yes, you're gonna have you know, yes, teams like, you know, looking at it there, yes, they play, you know, later on December. They play Manchester United at home and then they go to Watford. So yeah, we know what Watford is capable of. It's not like it's an easy match. But Lester's Lester knows who they are. And this yeah. if Lester's gonna play like this, and I think this is gonna happen a lot. I think I feel like someone like Danny Simpson at four and a half. Uh, is a is a decent own if you want to get an easy way into the Leicester midfield. There's hardly a guy or into the Leicester defense. There's almost nobody that's uh, that's going to be cheaper. That's going to be playing that much and is so important to uh, you know to a team as Danny Simpson. Reed Mar has got another assist. Yeah, I just said that. Yeah, <laughs> are you listening? His first one. You know, I only listen to half of what yeah, we talk his about. His first one with bleach chair. Yeah, I didn't know who that was at first. I'm like, kind of looked like Berami. Alan Berami. Oh yeah, sure. We, I mean, we could mention Robbie Brady. I feel like it is. No, it, listen, it's, pray it's, for Brady. It, like, what's, it's, what the it's heck? Important. You hate to see that. Well, there, and we we can talk about it more. But I mean, it was not a nice looking injury, and it, and I'm sure that will it will it should impact them. Hey, Riyad Mahrez, eight point four. Still worth it, right? Would we I, talked about would, him last would year. Would I rather last, own yes, Mahrez or Silva? And or Ramsey, and and that's the answer is yes. Just yeah, buy it's, a, one it's or such two. a toss up. And and the good, the only good thing that's been going on for a while is that Mares, boy, he sure looks like he cares. Right, he's sure he's sure playing with some. He's playing with which, some passion, which lacked w- early in the season for right. sure. Yeah, but now now you may be nervous bringing that up. Maybe, oh, maybe no. you want to buy him now. Because when January starts, he when may he re- be a little distracted. When he replaces Alexis Sanchez at Arsenal. Yeah. I don't know if I want that. I don't know. I don't know what to think. <laughs> That's interesting. But, yeah, right now they're all in form. Everton 2, Huddersfield nil. Big Sam. Oh, man. Putting out an interesting lineup. The goals from Gilfie and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Brian, where do you want to start? Well, I have one I mean, thing to say. I Damn mean, you, Sam! I mean, look at the <laughs> look at the look at the attacking returns. I mean, it's Dominic Calvert Lewin, who we who we love. We lo- I want to be clear on this. It's like you know that band that you heard before anybody else and loved them, and then all of a sudden they became really popular, 
and then you just want everyone to know not that yeah. you like them too, but that yeah. you liked them first. Betty Servert. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. for me it was the Lumineers. Okay, like yeah. I heard them before they became popular, and I wanted everybody to know. No, I liked them first. Oh, yeah. I liked Dominic Calvert Lewin after week one. Yeah, he yeah. looked great from the beginning. Well, Scott, now everyone else, everyone likes. Well, him. and here's the thing. I've but been thinking about selling Tammy Abraham for a long time. Sure. And two weeks ago, I was thinking, mm, Umarni ass, maybe. Then yeah. he gets a ban, right? Uh, I know, killing me. But now, do I want a different Everton no. forward? Listen, what the heck, man? What Does Nias still have a locker? He probably What's does. What's going on? Um, why, why does Sam does Sam hate Nias too? No, but this, is a, this was a different formation. Players in different positions. Rooney was dropped back a little bit. And Dominic Calvert-Lewin up front by himself, and it worked for... I mean, Huddersfield's not good, but still, it worked for one match. I don't know. I I, I don't want to overreact to the fact that Everton won, that, that Big Sam rolled out this lineup, and that this... I don't want to assume it's going to be this way every week. It was one match. And I also am not going to read too much of the fact that Everton's 10th, because right. we've been so high on them all year until everything just bottomed out under right, right, Ronald right. Koeman and then David Unsworth. But I'm... As someone who had a crush on DCL right away at the start of the season, it's not hard for me to fall back into that crush after seeing this performance this past week. Uh, I just want to know, had they put out an APB for Nias? No, Can you get listen, off of Nias? Has anyone seen my Nias? <laughs> He's, I, look, I think there's still there still has to be some kind of rotation, even if it's Nias coming in at some point late on. I can't imagine that Rooney keeps playing all, a significant amount of minutes, although... But you're not saying DCL's coming off. I, I, he, he's been really good. He, Scott, he's been playing. He's played in every match this year. He started the last three. So I think DCL is there to stay. Your love. You're, you wear... And I see it underneath your shirt now, and I love DCL t-shirts. Here, here's the thing. I have something to bring up here. All right. In a segment, and it's going to be through, <laughs> listen, it's going to be through, I have to warn you ahead of time, it ha, it's going through Leighton Baines. The segment? In a segment we like to call, should Leighton Baines be wary of his assured starting position under Big Sam? <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Did you see the back four who started this match? Yes. It was John Joe Kenny, it was Mason Holgate, it was Ashley Williams, and it was Cuco Martinez. With the exception of Ashley Williams, that was a much more athletic back line. Now, I'm surprised. I, one of the bargain bin things that I would like to add here is the basement level price, especially of John Joe Kenny and Mason Holgate. At 4.3. Mason Holgate was one of those guys at the start of the season. We, we talked about it with, you know, with Seamus Coleman out. The question was when they when they brought Cuco Martina in, you know, was there going to be a rotation? Who was who who out of those two was going to get the starting nod? And, and the answer was neither. They neither of them really played a ton. Well, now if if this is any sign of things to come, I know part part of the decision is already made ahead of time for Big Sam because Leighton Baines had a calf injury, so he hasn't been healthy in both of the games yet. But Matthew Nash is a writer at HITC. He reminded the world in an article this week that in 2013, Big Sam questioned Leighton Baines' fitness for the England squad. His exact quote was, 
You play your best team defensively and let the attacking players attack. If Leighton happens to play and there's a free kick, then get him up there, but you don't play him just for free kicks. Now, it's true. Wow. Fair, to be fair, okay. it's, that's, it's, that was four years ago, and as, as Matthew Nash notes in that article, his attacking prowess could not have improved no. in four years. No. So, you know, it's... You know, like I said, he's not healthy. So the decision, the, in two weeks, the decision has already been made for him. But it's still, I feel like it's definitely worth keeping an eye on. And I would also like to say, Big Sam said this week, he, he, I mean, he wants to look at every option here. He, he's stu- basically studying the team, which, uh, which is the, would, who wouldn't do that? Yeah. But he said the new players, especially the foreign players, haven't been able to settle in and show what they can really do. This is what I love about Sam, and and this might be the allure of bringing Sam Allardyce into manager club when you are fighting relegation, is that he doesn't care about no. next year's That's right. contract, Scott. You're right. So he is free to do whatever he wants. He doesn't give three craps about what your last name is, nope. can you produce in the field, and when he sees – Guys in training like John Joe Kenny, like Holgate, who are working their ass off to get on the field, he's going to play those guys. And it, it, this is this is it's it's a it's an amazing thing to kind of watch, right? Yeah. He doesn't care about names or anything, and he doesn't even care about a contract next year because he it's just so freeing. I, does that make sense? Am yeah. I am I being silly? No, you might see a lot of phantom injuries between Jags and Baines and A. Will throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, I, one more thing on John Joe Kenny. Okay, so this is now he has started and played the full ninety since the Arsenal match. Right. John Joe Kenny is four point three dollars. Mason Hol- Holgate has played both matches as well, and he's a four point two. Right, and so where at least there's a one for one kind of replacement, I think when it when it comes to you know that was Mar- Martina and and. Holgate, you might see Seamus Coleman back in the beginning, early early part of next year. I mean, it, of course, that seems really soon, and we know what we already we talked about right. him a long time ago with, uh, in regard to Aaron Ramsey had a similar you know broken leg. Uh, Aaron uh, was it? Wait, no, it was yeah, it was Ramsey. Yeah, where he talked about it being years before he right. felt you know a couple of years before he felt you know normal normal again. Yeah. Right? But. I just think there's some. I think there's some value to be had here. It's not like Maya Yoshida and Jack Stevens value, but it's. I feel like there's there's potential value here. Hey, Gilfie Sigerson, and we need to move on from this yep. match. Gilfie Sigerson, just saying, I've been waiting for him to buy. I've been waiting to buy him, Scott. So don't buy him because I'm going to. But I don't want anyone else to. I'm not because he is not playing well yet. Gilfie Sigerson. You keep that train of thought okay. right there. He's sure. not playing well. I want it to be known. He said no, not. He's not playing. He's well. not. He made a lot of mistakes. Gilfie Sigurdsson, his last four games, eight, seven, five, nine. You're right. He's not playing well. Don't worry about him, Scott. You just you just keep hating on him. Will do. Stoke two, Swansea one, Shakiri and Joof with the goals for the yeah, Potters. Yeah, man. Wilfried Boney, interesting, nice. Lucky slash skillful goal for the Swans, but it's not enough. How can I get Shakiri in my lineup? <laughs> What's it gonna take? What's it gonna take for you to get Shakiri in your lineup? Nothing. Not in your draft league, because I know he exists there. Yeah, I got him there. Yeah, and again, why, why would I? Why would I own him? 
<laughs> I don't know. You just keep scoring or assisting every week. I look. I don't know what tell. I don't know what else to say. I feel like it's been it's been week after week after week, and he just keeps being really, really good. For Scott, o- from over now on, and over again. And Diouf is. I don't want to say he's. I don't want to say he's back on fire, but <laughs> the thing that made me nervous about Diouf, and the reason why I I, I had him and and dumped him in the draft league, uh, I mean yes, in the draft league, was that because he's so versatile. Uh, they were playing him as a center forward off and on here in the past, you know, especially during his hot streak. But he's dropped back further. I mean, he's been all over the pitch. And so he can kind of play anywhere. I feel like he's, you know, he's got utility for them almost almost wherever they need him. And so it just made me a little nervous as they were dro- kind of dropping him deeper that, you know, might not, might not be, it might account for why he went off fire. But sure enough, here he goes again. Uh, another goal, and it's uh, another way I, I can rub. Hey, Shakiri Ryan, his last five weeks, 5, 13, 5, 9, 2, and 8. He's Technically, that's six weeks. Yeah, he's been, doing, he's been great. There's no, there's no two ways about it. I'm really considering using my two transfers I have this week to, to, to buy down, but still, I think, uh, probably increase in value, but to buy down and gain a full pound by selling Kyle Naughton for John Joe Kenny. Yeah. And Wilfried Zaha for Shakiri. Yeah. I mean, I those are two I, moves that are no-brainers. And I gain a pound in my bank combined yeah. when I do those two yeah. moves. Yeah. That's my buy sell of the week, I think. Yeah. Uh the other one I don't I I don't know how I mean it might be just a a, a one for one. And it might just be because he was a little bit he's been a bit down, but Richarlison is another one I think you could easily you could make that that swap. You earn a little bit. Uh, if you had Richarlison, I'm assuming most people have had him for a while. But um, Richarlison's at 6.4. I wouldn't get as much by selling him. Although right. I will say Richarlison is – I mentioned I meant to mention this in our Watford-Tottenham match, but Richarlison is this year's Zaha. That guy's getting fouled like crazy. Yeah, he R- is. Richarlison's price technically is a 6.6. You probably bought him at a 6.4. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, there you go. Ha- you just made me a little happier than I was three seconds ago. Oh, Sw- um. Go ahead. Swansea stinks. <laughs> okay, I'm, so, I would like to go on record. Yes, they do. And last week I said that you could you could max out on Swansea players because I currently do. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm thinking about honestly. I I know this is going to sound crazy, brother Matt. Close your ears for like ten seconds. I'm thinking about trading out my Swansea players for all Everton for Everton. Yeah, you could easily do that. Naughton for John Joe Kenny. Abraham is my discount third striker for DCL. Why not? I'm saving money in both one, in both places. It's an inter- it's interesting. And I, Everton has higher upside for sure right now than Swansea. Yeah, you could sure. say Swansea's low and they might bounce back, but really you think they're going to bounce back? I, I think they don't have the they don't have the players to bounce back and their issue has been creating creation of goal scoring opportunity where Everton I feel like can only get better with that with more organization and figuring out what exactly it is that they have. They spent the money on the players. You know, it's just a matter of, I think, plugging in the right formation and the right people. I'm starting today, and I will say it every pod until it becomes official. Swansea's getting relegated. Okay. <laughs> hey, Jack Butlin was back, by the way. Oh, good for him. I'm just saying. 
All right. Let me get to what I really want to discuss. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Round two of the bargain bin game. Oh, man, here we go. Midfielder edition. I don't know if I'm ready to dip back into the bargain I think bin. you already got one of them. This one. It, it feels like one of those point of sale bins of, of, of DVDs <laughs> at the front of Walmart. Absolutely not when oh. it comes to midfielders. There are so many ownable guys in this top 10 list, which, again, there's a tie at 10th, so I've got 11 names. Some of these are going to blow your minds. You ready, gentlemen? This is less than $7 midfielders. Seven pounds or less. I, Seven or less. Okay. Seven even I, or less. My One of my first guesses would be, we, we just talked about him, would be Brian's favorite, Shakiri. Shakiri is on the list. Okay. Yeah, that, that would be one of my guesses. I feel like he would be high. Okay. Yeah, I feel like Shakiri has been uh Shakiri's there and um um I know it's not I know it's wrong, but I'm gonna guess Ruben Loftus cheek. Okay, yeah, you just keep believing. I, that. I would also say probably both Watford um in and or at least one Watford yeah, midfielder. Either, either Richard or Decore. Yeah, either Decore I would probably or, or say Rashford. one of those two are probably on the list. Hey, Will Hughes might even uh, he doesn't have the overall points. Uh, you're 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 on a good track. On, there. Okay. Let right. me go ahead and just jump right in, Chuck. Yeah, do it. Chuck. All right. So we have a tie for tenth at ten points per pound. Matt Ritchie of Newcastle. Okay. That which makes is sense. interesting. Well, fifty-seven points overall at five points. And all pounds. of those, I would guess that that fifty of those points happened in the first five weeks. <laughs> he is tied with someone who is far lower in price but has also scored a little bit fewer points. The math comes out the same. So also at 10 points per pound, tied for 10th. Christian Atsu. Ashley Young. Ashley Young? Manchester United. Good wow. For, good for Ashley Young. Also probably only in the last No, weeks. if Richie was the first three weeks, Young's been the last, last three weeks. Last three weeks, no doubt. In ninth place, rest in peace, 10.18 points per pound, Robbie Brady. Oh, oh, I see what you did there. He didn't die. I know. In eighth place at 10.38 points per pound, Fernandinho. Yes, really? that definitely makes sense. He's been very good. 5.2 pounds. He scored wow. 54 yep. points. I told you this was good. Again. Really? Uh, pick pick one or two or three <laughs> and just play them. Hey, he's won as a discount. It's That's even better. Yeah. Man. Seventh place, 10.78 points per pound from Southampton. Stephen Davis. Stephen Davis is Stephen one of those Davis. guys that has only scored like twice all season long, and the two ga- the two times he scored, it's been like thirty points. <laughs> or he's getting yeah. In in both games where he had a ten and eleven, he had three bonus points. Yeah. In those games. Brian's going to want to tune out now for a little bit because in sixth place at eleven point zero seven points per pound, Eric Maxim Shupa Moting. Yeah. It's your guy, Brian. Yeah, of course. Wow. I, I, I don't, it just hurts, is all. <laughs> <laughs> In fifth place, his teammate at 11.31 yeah. points per pound, Shakiri. Yeah, sure. I feel like it's higher. I feel like he has more. What was that points per pound? 11? 11.31 wow. points per pound. Wow. 69 points on the year, 6.1 pounds. Okay. In fourth place, another guy you guessed, 11.36. So just squeaking out. Over Shakiri in fourth place from Watford, Richarlison. Yeah. 
I need to go back. I, maybe I'll just listen back through our own podcast and see if I can pull my own quote. The, the first, <laughs> the first week where I said, "Hey, you know what? This Shakiri, this doesn't. This seems real." And, and it was I like, love how okay, early. Okay, okay, very nice. Brian. Yes, but I love how yeah. early season Brian is like prepubescent Brian. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, hey, guess what I just found? I, I feel like I see something here. All right, guys, you ready for the top three? Yeah. Third place. You're not going to believe it. 4.8 pounds, 11.87 points per pound from Bournemouth, Andrew Sermon. What? Andrew Sermon. What? Andrew Sermon. Crazy, right? Uh, Come on. Andrew Sermon had, did he assist? I believe he had the assist. Or did he score the goal this week? He scored the goal. Matt this Fraser. Scored the Matt goal Fraser. No, 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 no. He had an no, assist Ryan this Fraser week. He had an assist. Sermon. Matt. I called him Matt, didn't I? Yeah, Fra- Frazier. Forget first names. We suck at first names. Stephen Ward. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen David Ward. No, that's really good. It's Andrew Sermon. Sermon. 4.8-pound yeah, midfielder. He has scored 57 points overall in the season. If anyone out there is still holding on to uh, Tom Carroll from Swansea, who is a very popular bottom dollar midfielder nowhere in the bargain bin might i add no i wouldn't i wouldn't imagine he only has like 30 points for the season uh you can scrounge up the extra point four to go from tom carroll to andrew Sermon. yeah no doubt who's number two he is high in the bargain bin second place 12.4 points per pound that's high. That is a really high ratio because I'm going to tell you something in a minute. It's going to blow your Alexis mind. Alexis Sanchez. From Watford, Abdullah Ducore. What? Ducore with the highest conversion rate of anyone in the history of the world. <laughs> he had, what is his? Six He's goals? Five. He's got five in the season. He has five goals on like six shots on target. It's the <laughs> dumbest thing. This is, this is getting out of hand, and it's dumber than Kapu last year. What is it with Watford? I don't know. Number one, bargain bin midfielder. You know him. You love him. And I'm surprised you haven't said his name yet. At 13 points per pound. Wow. Pascal Gross. Yeah, Pascal Gross. I should have known. That by far. Do you know what? 13. Do you know what Salah's point, as many points as Salah has, do you know what his points per pound is? Give it to me. 11.4. Yeah. Yeah. So, which, again, Salah's is the highest scoring midfielder and he's sorted by a lot. Well, but he costs more. So we're not saying necessarily from the bargain bin that mm-hmm. the bargain bin guys are, are better. But if you want cheap guys yep. that are producing so you can spend your money on the Salahs and the Brownas who are scoring more points, correct? shop in the bargain bin, and, and you're going to get the most points the most per pound. For your value. That's right. Pascal Grob. <laughs> Man. <laughs> crushing I mean, it. You it's got, so you- weird because because early on it seemed it – seemed reasonable strategy i know things change week to week but it seemed a reasonable strategy to have a really expensive front line with one or two expensive guys everywhere else and bargains everywhere now mm-hmm. it's kind of shifted where you know you, i'm sure you could have gotten by with one or two of the expensive strikers and put right. all your money elsewhere you could easily have a six and a half dollar or less midfield and put all of your money into anything else, everywhere else, and be doing absolutely just fine. If you played your wild card and made your entire midfield gross, Decore, Sermon, Richarlison, and Shakiri, and then you had a front line of Kane, 
Murata and Aguero or and Aguero, something. Your overall squad would be just and or fine. Take yeah. four of those at this point and add hey, a you, city player and or Hazard. In other words, yep. one high price midfielder and add those guys and then put other money in defense. You'd be fine. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Wait, well, hey, well done, Scott. Well yeah, done. That's Thank you. really good. Well good done in the bargain bin. We have two more matches to discuss, so let's get to those real quick. Bournemouth won, Southampton won, Frazier, and then Charlie Austin putting in the goals in this one. Charlie Austin, finding some form. Yeah, he is, and he's, uh, and it, it's, well, Shane Long's hurt, which is not like he was affecting much anyway, but um, Gabby Adini came on as a late sub here. Scott, it's here, I think you want to go back and talk for two seconds about whatever Pep was screaming at Nathan Redmond at the end of the the city uh, Southampton yeah, match well, last I, week. I watched it live, and I was talking to somebody and just had it on the screen. I was talking to someone, and all of a sudden I stopped talking because I realized something crazy was going on on the screen, and it was it was Pep on the pitch after the match during the middle of the week Yeah, in an animated conversation with Nathan Redmond. Um, and Redmond th- had done nothing against a city player to You know make what Pep I thought angry. at first? I thought on when uh when DeBrana passed to Sterling for the for the game winner he went down in a bit of a heap and I thought for a split second ma- no no DeBrana did oh okay and I thought maybe it was like a late challenge and maybe it was Redmond that did it and Pep was like confronting and no uh, uh everything that any report about it, anything that Nathan Redmond said was no I was he was just complimenting me he was telling me to attack his team more because i'm good enough to do it this is so weird to me pep honestly pep looks up there and sees nathan redmond 23 years old and is like that kid's got a lot of talent and he's not being coached up it's almost like pep felt sorry for him right it was like hey bud why don't you why don't you try to do this like you're good just try this man nathan redmond last year we were singing his praises all the time anything Two we, years ago. We, I mean, talk about unintentionally showing up Pellegrino. Right. Which I think is why the FA investigated. Well, but here's the thing. Did Pep want this story to get out? No. I mean, uh, although, unfairness, if you do something publicly like this and look so random, I mean, you could probably could have done that behind closed doors. This thing about Pep, behind the, the really nice wardrobe and the, the success as a manager is a really weird dude. He's just a weird dude. Yeah, uh, he's not. He's not capable of having a straightforward conversation with the media, and you could attribute that to you know being maybe a little coy too at times. But he's just a weirdo. Um, it looks. It looked a lot like any training ground. Yeah, except with an him. opposing player, yeah. and you want him to do a better job against your team. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think it could just be he's relentlessly coaching. At all moments of the day, I wonder what he's like at home. That is the best-case scenario there, Brian. You know what, too, though? You always have to have a, a certain quota of English players in your team. It's you very possible that, that, that uh, Pep is about ready to get rid of Fabian Delft because, honestly, why in the world is he on City's team? And he's ready to bring on, you know, maybe Nathan Redmond next year. I had the same exact thought. To, to fill the English quota. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly serious. That. That's it was exactly a heart attack. That's exactly what I thought, too. All right. Speaking of weird managers, West Brom nil, Crystal Palace nil, the Alan Pardue Derby features nothing. <laughs> Funny to me. That, that might be the name of the pod this week. <laughs> Alan Pardue Derby. 
Is there anything to say? Uh, where are you, Loftus I mean, Cheek? I oh, own, for where art thou? No, I own Zaha, but I might sell them for Shakiri. Oh, Why yeah. not? Yeah, it's, it's not even no an option. Just not, nope. they're just you not, should have already done it. They're just not scoring goals. Uh, I'll do it right now, Dave. Yes, do it. Second clean, second straight clean sheet for uh, for Crystal Palace, for what it's worth. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Julian Speroni came on. Uh, Wayne Hennessy had been starting, but he uh, apparently had experienced back spasms and in, in, in warm ups. Yeah, Speroni comes on, makes seven saves, gets all three bonus points, and finishes as your top scoring goalkeeper for the for the week. Makes the fantasy dream team for this past week wow. with eleven total points. Look at you, Speroni. A lot of people jumped on Speroni right away when he well, I mean, once when he was starting because he was four dollars, right? And he, so it was, and especially once uh, Carl Darlow last week started for Rob Elliott, it seemed a smart move. And then, sure enough, he goes straight to the bench, and Wayne Hennessy came back on, uh, only was on named the as the sheet. starter for this match sure. in, until warm up. So uh, probably Wayne Hennessy is going to jump back in there again, but uh, I don't know. You want to jump on? You want to you want to get Speroni for four bucks? Sure, why not? Palace's next three weeks, Bournemouth, Watford, at Leicester, at Swansea. Hey, it's those, not bad for those no, next those four two, weeks. Those two at home against Bournemouth and Watford. They could get a clean sheet on those. Well, I'm thinking that they could definitely score in those. It, okay, sure. If Christian Benteke can at all find a way to kick the ball again. Into the net. But, I mean, this really is, it's more about Zaha and, and Loftus-Cheek. I think Palace will be okay. I think they'll somehow survive this year. I don't feel like they're going to get relegated. Howdy, partners. It's the injury roundup. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, would you like to give us a, a quick roundup on the injuries we haven't Yeah, we talked yet. about we talked about Mustafi. We'll see. That's my favorite thing to talk about a guy in terms of uh, what, what you can say about an injury. Uh, again, Robbie Brady. It, I mean, Sean Dyche said it, his exact quote was, it looks... It's more likely serious than not serious. So there's supposed to be an update uh, more specific to what actually happened. Uh, for what it's worth, Stephen Ward, actual Stephen Ward from Burnley, uh, said this week that it, it would be a massive blow uh, to the team, both locker room and on the field, to lose Robbie Brady because how how good he's been for them. Uh, David Luiz still dealing with a knee issue for Chelsea. No telling if he's going to return anytime soon. Don't know that that matters, but he is still owned by almost 10% of people for some reason. Uh, Leighton Baines, calf injury. We said he's still out. Who knows when he's going to come back. Joe Gomez was ruled out of the Liverpool match this past week against Brighton with an illness, but both he and Ragnar Klavan, both, they were both in training today in advance of the Spartak match tomorrow. Um, Joe, uh, Joel Matip, Scott, does that bother you? Uh, that you're not going to have him for a while? How long's a while? Well, so he had a thigh injury against Stoke, missed the weekend. My favorite, uh, yet, uh, yet again, of all the, of all the, 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 there's many, we could rank them, but Klopp, uh, you won't guess it, non-committal about how much time he might miss. Uh, a month? Hmm. No, I don't think so. But as always, it's possible. We have to wait. But it's possible that it will be shorter. We will see. Thanks, Jurgen. Yeah, seriously. Uh, could be could be a month, could be less. I don't know. But, It'd be interesting but to it's see. Gonna be, but it will be, I would guess, weeks. It'd be interesting to see what this makeshift back three can do against stiffer competition than Brighton. Uh, Manchester City, 
John Stones. John Stones ownership update. You want a quick John Stones ownership update? How about 4.1%? He told Sky Sports that he would like to be back out there for Christmas, but I think it might be just after. If it is just after, it could be as soon as Newcastle on December 27th. Uh, What I was getting at earlier with you guys as far as David Silva is concerned. (laughs) David Silva... Oh boy, he has an injury to his something. Nuh-uh. <laughs> After Silva scored the winner versus West Ham, Pep got real specific. He said it's something, <laughs> something uncomfortable he felt in the last minutes. Before the goal, he felt something. I'll tell you what, it's well known. You do not want an injury to something. To something. <laughs> so, so. That, that has to be code for penis, right? Maybe. Silva did be. not. That's Silva, the first P word we've ever got in this reference we've ever had in this pod. Silva did not travel with City to Ukraine for the match against Shakhtar Donetsk tomorrow, but not to belabor the specificity here. His availability for the <laughs> Manchester Derby is currently at something percent. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's something. Eric Bailly, Phil Jones, Nemanja Matic. Manchester Evening News, my favorite thing that they've said maybe ever is that it's a mystery injury for Eric Bailly. Remains a mystery. Phil Jones back in training yesterday should be should be back for the uh, for the derby. Not that you want him out there for the derby. But, uh, and then Mar- Jose Mourinho said yesterday of Nemanja Matic. Yesterday he said Matic is injured, and when I say he is injured, he is injured. Today, <laughs> today he said. Matic is injured, but he will play for sure. All right. I love it. Uh, we said Christian Atsu, Jamal Lascelles, Paul Dummett are probably all... They, they could be back this week, probably two matches away. I would think it seems closest for Lascelles, but we said much different uh, defensive team for Newcastle with him out there. Any one of the 5% of you still holding on to Cedric from Southampton? I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how many how many different ways They're there are. probably not listening. I'm just saying. Somebody's still got him out there. Hamstring injury late against City. Missed the Bournemouth match. Likely out again this weekend against Arsenal. Not like you're playing them against Arsenal anyway. Uh, Will Hughes, even though he's not owned a lot, we did talk about him. Marco Silva says he's unsure about the length of absence. He'll be out with the hamstring injury. Uh, because of the quick turnaround after they're not going to play against he's not going to play against Burnley quick turnaround to Tuesday's match against Crystal Palace can't imagine that he's going to be out there he would come back on the 16th against Huddersfield not a bad way to get back into uh, the Watford lineup uh, Chicharito back in training for West Ham on the laundry list of injuries for West Ham United uh, at least they can start a real striker Probably not Mikhail Antonio up front again, even though it seems like he's really good up there. Yeah. And maybe they should do that more often. Yep. Com- agree so, completely. Anyway, Chicharito, still owned by 7.3% of owners, uh, actually training, probably available again this weekend. That's a that's an injury roundup for you. Well, well done, Brian. Excellent. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, Dave, we did it. That's it? That's find, it. Find us in all the, uh, the Fantasy Soccer FC uh, media sites everywhere around the world. Find us. All over. Find us, find us. Hey, listen, find us and then give us a good rating wherever you find us because you might find us somewhere. Yeah, thanks, Feedspot. Just put Fantasy Soccer FC in 
whatever you do. Hey, Feedspot, thank you. Very honored uh, to have us mentioned. We'd love to be honored more. Feel free to do that. We would love it. Um, hey, DraftKings, uh, tweet tweet at us this week. We always love that as well. Guys, for the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time. <laughs>